Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, and welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. California members of Congress Katie Porter, Adam Schiff, and Barbara Lee have announced their candidacies for the U.S. Senate from the Golden State. It's the seat currently held by Dianne Feinstein, who has come under fire because of her supposed cognitive issues. Maybe it's with that in mind. She did decide not to run for re-election for mayor of San Francisco. Oleg Deripaska, a Russian oligarch, says that Russia could run out of money in 2024 because of its actions in Ukraine. It must be true. Otherwise, Vladimir Putin would have had the funds to ensure that Deripaska died of natural causes by falling out of a high rise window. (laughs) Fox's diversity hire resigned from her job because she lied about her ethnic background. Leave it to Fox to inadvertently make a diversity hire who's a Muslim who turns out to be white. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Wow. 
I start off with the light stuff first, so buckle in. You know this. <laughs> Literally, light. <laughs> Kyle Rittenhouse says he is having trouble paying his legal bills. You'd think that even with all his TV and live appearances, his last resort would be starting an OnlyFans, but he wouldn't want to be a part of a shoot where no one gets killed. Imagine Kyle Rittenhouse starting an OnlyFans. Since he's so into self-defense, he may come on his own computer screen as a preemptive strike. The same way I do before I get ready to read my Facebook comments. Kyle Rittenhouse compared himself to Jesus. The only thing in common he has with Jesus is people want to see him nailed to a cross. <laughs> Chris Rock filmed his first live Netflix special right here in my home city of Baltimore. Imagine deciding to try to film your special in a city with varying types of felonious assault that make even getting slapped in the face feel gentle. <laughs> Chris Rock will do anything to get out of hosting the Oscars, including live stream a show in Baltimore a city that considers gunshots outside one's window a form of ASMR. Wow. (laughs) Lynette Hardaway passed away. She was the diamond of diamond and silk fame. While it's a tragedy for the family, it's nice to know the number of laughs elicited from the videos won't go down, as it's hard to go lower than zero. Oh, gosh. Tom Brady's efforts to get into performing comedy can help him achieve something I didn't think was possible. Get the internet to hate him more than they already do. (laughs) This further shows that he's already hack, as getting people to hate him is my role in the comedy world. (laughs) Tom Brady reportedly does an impression of fellow player Rob Gronkowski. That's not hard to do, as all you need to do in order to do that is a mouthful of Tootsie Rolls and a crack upside the head with a 40-ounce beer bottle. That's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) A New York City comedian suspected of shooting someone on the subway was slated to perform at a show later that weekend. It's nice to know that if the cops show up at a gig to arrest him, then the comic will have met his bring requirement. (laughs) (laughs) And now on with the show. Please join me in welcoming Devine Kerr, Gina Brown, and Sydney Allen. Hi, Tom. Everyone, thanks for coming on. What's uh, what's everyone been up to this week? Oh, different kinds of comedy. I had a sketch comedy show in New York, and we sold out. Nice. I saw that. I yeah. was up there too. Well, yeah, I wasn't at your show. Oh no, but you I were was not. in New York. <laughs> I, was, I, I was working too. I was oh, working good. too. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Good. Okay. Good. I love it when we're all working. <laughs> I ran into some Canadians on the street in Adams Morgan yesterday, and. That was fun because I'm from Montreal, right? And then, yeah. you know, I was walking and then I heard some voices of angels and I got wet for one second until I turned around and saw their faces. Oh, Anyways. <laughs> I saw that. That's but, awesome. but, but but I brought them to the show. They showed up and it was fun. Everybody roasted them. It was awesome. It, was, it felt uh, like home. Did you do some set in French? <laughs> a little bit. I did a little ramp. I did a little bit of road rage. I did some Canadian road rage. You know, it's because the crétin. <laughs> 29-year-old Tyree DeAndre Nichols, beaten by Memphis police on January 7th of this year, died as a result of his injuries three days later. He's the latest African-American to die at the hands of misconduct by the police. 
Five police officers have since been relieved of their duties and charged with, among other things, second-degree murder, aggravated assault, official misconduct, and official oppression. We have been able to determine the very heart of police culture, and that is that five unrestrained men with access to enough weaponry to start World War III are afraid of unarmed motorists driving around and minding their own business. Before some of you think I'm being too critical of police officers, I'll have you know that I have some family members of mine who are retired firefighters, and they hate cops too. So I think what what strikes me about this case is that, you know, the, the death of George Floyd, like it was supposed to bring about some supposed to bring about some major change. Like we had uh, protests that you know that, that uh, transcended. Uh, like, like racial and uh, and economic backgrounds, like a, a lot of people got together to try and bring about uh, some change and uh, this sort of a reform of of police culture. Uh, and if not, you know, end these tragedies, then at least to not have them be so uh, be so severe and and callous. Yeah, I don't know that um, much has changed in. Um it's not just since floyd for a really long time i mean yeah, floyd was just one of them yeah floyd was just one of them and, and we're approaching the anniversary depending on when you hear this of bloody sunday in selma so i think that um you know this is timely but it's un it's an unfortunate timely again it's like again and again and it just doesn't have, have you seen the video you seen the video, right? I, it started and then I turned it off. You couldn't, yeah, I couldn't finish it either. What about you? It's too Devon? hard to, it's too hard to watch. And this whole, I mean, the, the word is systemic. It, it's not just it keeps on happening, but they're not even. They're not even. It's not even decreasing. It's increasing. Yeah, yeah. But, it's. But I gotta. I mean, I watched enough of it. Because I've done, I, I came up in the security game with clubs, and I've worked alongside with cops. I've been in some, I've been in battle, <laughs> I've been in some brawls with cops on other people. That looked incredibly personal. They beat that guy. They killed, you know that, that that you know what that reminded me of the scene from Casino when they killed Pesci and his brother. Yeah, it I was seen out of some mercy on that. Yeah, I think. Uh, so. then, yeah, it's per- it was personal. You're right. They didn't actually end up having a reason to pull him over, not one that they told him about anyway. So this, I, thought, I thought they said that it was a traffic violation or something. They said reckless driving, but then they they said there was no proof that they ever told him why he was being pulled over. Also, they didn't have their cameras on, so. Oh, geez. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they didn't inform their supervisors they were making the stop, and then there's a whole yeah. bunch of... See, like after separate. all of that police brutality, why don't they still allow the camera button off? They should just always be. Uh, on. That needs to be controlled. That needs to be. Uh, that needs to be controlled from the uh, from the uh, uh, control center back at the station. Yeah, that, that shouldn't even be. They shouldn't even have the power to do that. Yeah, still. I think I, I, it, sometimes they have them on their vests, and I think they took their vests off. Like it's just you know how people game system. There's always lock a game. it, so lock vest, it like a chastity belt. Off, Oh, yeah, yeah, right there. There you go. Put it I know. You, right. If you can't do that for right pussy, you could do that for police brutality. You know. I agree. I agree. That's a really good statement. I like that. If you can do it for pussy, you can do it for police. Pussy police. Pussy police. <laughs> I like that. Nah, seriously, that's 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 dope. They shouldn't have that option. 
I thought um, we'd have the terms pussy and police in the same sentence, but not in that context. Yeah. She she made it work though. She made it work. Good job on that one. Like seriously, you're right. <laughs> Although the publicity over recent police deaths promised us to guarantee more accountability from departments all over the country, cover-ups and protection of the status quo still exists. As we can see in this report about the availability of Memphis Police Chief C.J. Davis. Tonight, WRD investigator April Thompson has more on the shroud of silence surrounding Memphis's top cop and why her boss, the mayor, says he's not worried. When Memphis Police Director C.J. Davis briefed the Memphis City Council last Tuesday, it was the first time she went before cameras to discuss the state of her department. And she dropped some new bombshells. The investigation into the Tyree Nichols beating death has now netted not seven, but 13 officers who are either now fired or still under investigation. We have looked at up to 12 disciplinary actions so far. As we continue to interview other individuals, we're also identifying whether it's a, a direct or indirect correlation between this incident, other administrative uh, violations. But for some, the question has become, where has the police director been? One of the criticisms that I had to give the mayor was y'all were way on when the public didn't hear from you, the public didn't see you. The city council meeting cannot be the only forum where people hear from the administration because we have no authority over any direct authority over any division director. WREG has continuously asked for an interview with Chief Davis, and we are constantly told she is not doing interviews right now. One person who is not worried, her boss, Mayor Jim Strickland. So you think she has been as transparent as she should be with the public? Absolutely. Last time I was here, she was with me. I think two or three disciplinary actions for a cop, that would seem like a, a big red flag. But this police chief is on there saying... Oh, well, you know, we we put together 12 of them. And she was also talking right. as if she was getting ready to say, oh, don't worry, there's going to be more. Like, as, right. if, as if that's a good thing. Yeah. And I think I is the police chief an elected position. That's a that's a no, that's, that's going that's up just the ranks. Your way up. That's just going up the ranks. Yeah. The commissioner. Is commissioner is appointed by elected. The, the chief, I think, okay. is they're, they're appointed by like. The, but the mayor is elected, right? But the yes. mayor is, right? So that in generally something like this, you would bring your chief and your mayor together and they would have the press conference and they would share information. I do think, especially something like this, where the public then feels like if there's 12, you know, bad cops, you know, out there doing some things, the public has a right to know because the city still must fight crime, real crime, right? So they still, you can't have this mistrust. You have to at least come out and say something like they've been removed. They're, we're disciplining, you know, whatever it is so that no one frets like who's pulling me over. I'm not getting out because then I'm going to be killed. You know, this is a bad look for her. It definitely is. Yeah. For sure. I'm not really I'm not really feeling that uh the mayor backing her up on being quiet too. Well, I mean he but. has to if he's appointed her, he probably feels some allegiance because he's like, I brought her here. I gotta, you know, I gotta save my own face. But no they're bad faces. The shit piles up long enough on him. 
But right. if the shit piles up long enough on on her, it's gonna roll right. on him. He's gonna, gonna, absolutely. He's gonna switch up. If, he, right. if his job's on the line, he's gonna switch up. If she has to get rid of 12 of her cops, then he then may have to look at her and sort of see, I mean, stuff rolls downhill. You gotta figure it out, right? Let's see yeah. what happens to her in the next six months. How about that? There's gonna be some changes. Right now, that entire department is on the is on a national spotlight. Yeah. So, yeah, and the we're, public we're is owed out. that. You want to better your standing as an institution that is supposed to hold the peace, create the peace, protect people, serve people. Then you owe us, you know, an explanation. So absolutely. I think- The latest in technological advances to help aid police accountability are able to serve their purpose, unless, of course, one of the officers involved in the death of an unarmed motorist forgets to put it into operation, as we can see in this Memphis news piece. New information on the officers involved in the death of Tyree Nichols on January 19th. Officer Justin Smith provided investigators with his side of what happened the night Nichols was pulled over. He says that he was supposed to be on desk duty because of a knee injury, but was told to be on patrol and respond to calls when an officer needed assistance. Now, he says a suspect had been tasered and pepper sprayed and it fled the scene. He also says he was the first to call for medical assistance. Smith says that he got to the scene where Nichols had been stopped and found an officer struggling with a suspect. He says he tried to help saying, quote, I continue to struggle with the actively resisting suspect to gain control, but acknowledged Nichols had one hand cuffed. Smith goes on to say he was in severe pain from his knee and on the use of his body camera stated, I did not immediately turn on my body worn camera as I was getting out of my car, but I did turn it on as it was interacted with the suspect. He added, I did not intentionally fail to activate my body worn camera, but the safety of other officers and myself was paramount. You could have just saved a lot of time and make yourself look a lot less of a dick by saying, oops. Yeah. Or my, yeah, was, my bad. I mean, obviously, but. Accountability is hard, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yes, yeah, that right there. That's only, that only flies with, kindergart- with kindergartners and elderly people. Other than that, you're old enough to know better. Yeah. What was he doing out there with that, a knee injury? That's not brothers in blue crap. Like, I don't really. I can't get with that. I'm I, I'm not buying any of that. None of that. I, I feel like um, what was it? Uh, remember that in Casino, when um when uh, De Niro's character he fired the guy. He's like, "Yo, three people hit the slot machines. Either you too stupid, or you were in on it. Either way, you're a liability." And right. that's how I'm looking at this dumbass. I did not fail to do my body camera. Right. Now, man. It, Fuck out of so here. Fu- we're in a society where we're constantly under surveillance. Alexa hears all my farts all day, right? Yeah. Not, oh but, my gosh. But, but my point is, but the cops can turn it off. Like, what the heck? You know? Like, right. Is it... Yo, there's exactly. <laughs> listen, if you want to get a good example of just how many digital eyes are out there, there's, there's two movies we can watch Enemy of the State or Eagle Eye. It's easy. <laughs> right. Easy. So that body can. They, they, they got to restructure that whole body camera thing. That shouldn't be at the discretion of the officer. It I, should not be. 100%. You have no control over that. You should have none. It's your job. Right. It just comes with the uniform that you put on. Police culture can be so insular that even something as a prejudiced attitude towards the citizens they are paid by their tax dollars to protect 
transcends racial boundaries, as CNN contributor Van Jones tells us in this clip. In a recent opinion piece on CNN.com, Van, um, you wrote, the police who killed Tyree Nichols were black, but they might still have been driven by racism. And I was struck by the part of the piece where you wrote this. One of the sad facts about anti-black racism is that black people ourselves are not immune to its pernicious effects. Society's message that black people are inferior, unworthy, and dangerous is pervasive. Over many decades, numerous experiments have shown that these ideas can infiltrate black minds as well as white. Self-hatred is a real thing. Um, so. Do you believe this racial bias played a role in the officers' behaviors? Yeah, I, I do because, um, first of all, uh, uh, black people are at risk from police no matter what color. Uh, black, white, brown, you talk to African Americans, I'll tell you, um, it, it doesn't matter. There's this per pervasive view from law enforcement that if you're black, you're dangerous. And I think some people think, oh, well, so a white police officer going after a black person, you understand the racial implications. The problem is uh, there are whole neighborhoods that in many cities are just considered by police departments kind of war zones and anything goes there. And so um, I think we have to have a more nuanced view of what's going on to root out a racism. It's not just about having black cops or white cops or brown cops. It's about having cops that are trained to respect everyone and who are disciplined and punished when they don't. And when you don't have that in place, uh, black people are at risk no matter the color of the police officer. For some reason, your opinion uh, has been a bit controversial, at least from what I've seen on social media. What has the backlash sounded like and, and what is your res your response to your critics? Oh, well, listen, I think some people say, hey, listen, uh, you guys just want to find race no matter what. You're just going to scream racism, even if it's all black, you're going to scream racism. And I understand it does seem weird when we're saying there is a racial dimension here, even though the police are African-American. But I think what's important for us to be able to do is this is about power. Uh, it's not about black, it's about blue. It's about power. And when you, ha when you have police officers who know in certain neighborhoods, they better not act that way. But in other neighborhoods, they can act that way. That's about power. That's about domination. And so um, I think it's important that we use this as an opportunity to get more nuanced and more uh, clear about the dangers that African-Americans face from police officers, period, when there is not accountability. What Van Jones said at the end of his statement, I've heard this from other, um, I've, I've heard this from um, uh, what he said, self-hatred. Uh, are, are you familiar with the term fracticide? The what term? Fracticide. Frac, <laughs> fracticide. Mm -hmm. It's the killing of one owns brother. Cornell West, Dr. Cornell West, he's one of the people, he's one of the people that theorized it as far as the self-hatred that was imp like that was implemented that started back in the slave fields with us. If we don't think much of ourselves, it don't it don't take shit to think left to you're not gonna think of others. So it's like, hey, I'll go ahead, I got nothing to lose. I will, you know, I will it's I, I, I see a little bit of that. I'm trying to find the words. I can't find it. But that self-hatred, it goes back to that theory with fracticide, that term. I, I do, and I agree with that. Uh, yeah. I absolutely agree with that. I do think that uh, if if we don't take care of our brothers, it doesn't give nobody else will right so it's almost like this whole concept of charity begins at home and you know but i i do think 
I'm saying this particular one was not, but yeah, there's always isms within every race. I mean, or ethnic group, I should say. There's isms, there's all kinds of things that happen within every group. And he he's right in the sense that, sure, we'll be walking down the street and it's dark and you see somebody, you've been taught to see somebody that is maybe wearing a hoodie or looking a little bit rougher than you, you know, the boardroom and you cross the street, even as a black person, you know what I mean? You're like, I ain't right. out the street. Well, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, I get that what he's saying. I think it's just not that relevant in this particular case, but yes, I agree with you. I, I hear what you're saying, Gina, but I, I feel like um, he was responding to just in general people's comments. Like, I, I don't know if people are able to compartmentalize. Like, I could, I hear what you're saying about this specific case was not about systemic racism toward Black people. It was personal. But yeah. is he also responding to other types of comments in general about systemic? I mean, it's hard to not talk about that, even if it was not the case this time. But it always brings up the topic because it's still relatively, uh, you know, since George Floyd, people are talking about it more, but it's not resolve obviously so no just no that's that what you just said everybody's talking about it but what actions are being done to, uh for preventative measures and doesn't seem to really be any at all the only little step forward i saw was police getting arrested now at least there's a little bit of accountability you know not without a lot of pressure and all but I they arrested them a lot faster than they arrested the ones that killed George Floyd. Now that well, I Yeah, but what? see, I was going to say, is, is yeah. that they a coincidence? I didn't want to bring it up, but is it because... No, 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 no. No, that, that was some shit right there, because at first, the ones that killed Floyd, they were first placed, what was they, placed on paid administrative yes. leave? Right. And Absolutely. then they decided to fire them. Despite yeah, the video that shows him for nine minutes straight with a right. fucking knee to his neck, he still right. got played. Well, you know what? Let's put them on. Let's let's investigate this a little bit more. And I'm gonna say this about that whole that, that whole situation. He only th those cops only got found guilty because of the cell phone footage. Because if this is the '90s and there was no footage, those cops would still be free today. Despite mainstream media's efforts to turn the deaths of African Americans at the hands of police into isolated news cycles, we must not forget that this country has a history of such incidents, and the American people turning a blind eye after a certain amount of time passes. Author Isabel Wilkerson gives us this analysis on this country's past treatment of African-Americans. One of the things that I'm hoping people will take from this is to learn and to think about how we as Americans have been exposed to things that most human beings um, who've ever lived have not necessarily had to see unless they want a battlefield mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. in the emergency room, meaning seeing American citizens, unarmed citizens in, in many of these cases, killed before our very eyes. What is this doing to us as a nation? How is this reflective of our inheritance of extreme violence uh, as a result of the rupture and the resentments that have been building up um, over the generations and as we've seen in the last few years? This has had a tremendous effect on all of us, and my goal is to get us to see how history and understanding how we got here is the only way that we can turn to to really understand how we got here. I love listening to Isabella Wilkerson talk. I mean, I love... Like I've read like a lot of her stuff. I mean, she makes a lot of very salient points. And the best book I've read this year, Cast. I mean, I recommend it to everybody. It's very I yeah. Yeah. And she and she takes like even the stuff that goes on 
like today and just puts it into the context of history just beautifully yeah i mean but she raises she raises points that we we have yet to find resolution for and it's not it's activists and activists and we keep trying and everybody keeps every generation and keeps thinking that we're we're you know a few steps forward but as soon as we take those few steps forward we're just thrown back by some something and i i mean i i don't want to say like it all started more recently in 2016 but i will say there was a resurgence of um hate that you know has did start around 2016 and it just hasn't stopped it just keeps going and we always think oh we're gonna make some progress but i distrust of authority and outrage about the use of excessive force is something that transcends race in this cell phone video one metropolitan area resident uses a traffic stop as an opportunity to express his displeasure of the overuse of police resources this many officers for one fucking person pulled over and people yelling out, let that man go home. You guys are pulling over any other cars. Let him go home. Let that man go home. Let that man go home. You pulled over no other cars. Let that man go home. You guys are pulling over any other fucking cars. He was driving home. You guys are showing a force for fucking nothing. They are in their domicile. You have no reason to fucking go in there. Back the, you go back to your fucking office and quit your job, you fucking elitist piece of shit. You're a fucking person of color. How can you justify this shit, bum-ass bitch? You too, fat boy. Fuck you. Memorize my house. I'll be out of this lease next week. Fuck you. I know you motherfuckers are tracking me anyway. Smirk, bitch. Smirk. Drop that and I'll meet you off front for an agreed upon. Look at you fascist pieces of shit. Thank you for not shooting at us immediately tonight. That was a nice gesture. After your fake-ass Academy Award-winning performance with that knee yesterday. You fucking pieces of shit. Fuck you. Fuck every one of you. Find a job with competitive fucking pay and benefits and stop serving that bullshit. You black cops with a smirk on your face are fucking disgusting. Fuck you. Go home. Go get beaten by your fucking husbands and make sure you guys get an extra smack in on your wives and the suicide rate drops, you fucks. Oh, damn. Grief. Hey, hey Tom, you gonna save that for last? Yo, I'm gonna watch that again. I need to Wait, watch that I'm, while I smoke. I'm not even sure what who was getting pulled over. We just saw like a bukkake of cops, you know, like, like yeah, that. Yo, that was like, yo, that was a little army. That really scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> me too. I was like, one person? All that for one person. I have a feeling that guy has a habit of just yelling at who's ever walking by the building and videoing <laughs> it on his phone. And he happened to pick like that moment is the one that happened yeah. to go viral. Yeah. And I'm it was glad cops. though. Like it could be anybody, right? Like well, at, at least he used his white privilege to a good use for one. Agreed, you know? agreed. Thank you. Thank you. That's why listen, that's why that's why if you're gonna be a bystander and you wanna be a male Karen, then use it against cops to protect yeah. a white guy. Like, you know? Yeah, because I gotta I gotta I gotta say I'm not too, I'm not, well, I'm not a fan at all of it. Uh what it, what it, my, my sister in law, she's white and she calls it white silence. And oh. that video that video, he he demonstrated none of that. 
that guy in the video, I think, is the perfect way to close out this show. So on that note, we'll say that's our show. I want to thank Devine Kerr, Gina Brown, and Sydney Allen. Thank you for having me again. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Devine Kerr, Gina Brown, and Sydney Allen. Theme music composed and arranged by Euron Vandenhuer. Executive producers Tom Myers, Matt Connerton for IPM Nation, and Eddie Carson for Odyssey Radio. Please leave a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast's Patreon for extended episodes, bonus clips, and more. Thank you for listening, and please visit TomMyers.us. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi, everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Ugly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A-A-Ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Race. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, funny productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.